0: You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of The Phil Mason Show. The Phil Mason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at CashWithFlash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the
1: Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I'm so happy to have you here. Our goal on this podcast is to make you a smarter and more informed, better. And I have a great show planned for you today. PlayUp Sportsbook presents the show. Sign up for an account at PlayUp.com and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. Michael Noonan's here. It's Monday. What's happening?
2: Good morning, Phil.
1: Hey, good morning. What a weekend, huh?
2: Maybe the best weekend ever. I think so. Except for those that had Minnesota involved. So that was the 70s. But since the <laughs> 70s, maybe the best weekend ever. Right, right. I think you're right.
1: That was crazy. You know, um, full disclosure, we went two and two with my premium picks. The, the two games we lost were by field goals in the last seconds of the game. So I don't feel bad about that at all.
2: I, those games were so, uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> football <laughs> fan, or if you were thinking about being a football fan, those games set the league up for years to come. Because anybody that saw those is um, is a fan now. And, you know, I, I lost a couple shekels yesterday myself. And uh, I just call it uh, supporting the team. It's, it's it's all good to me.
1: There you go. I was pretty lucky because I was using, I took a couple plays, a basketball plays from the Wolf Line newsletter and, and did, did okay. So I was really excited. You can pick that one. Newsletter up at cashwithflash.com. Just a couple more days of freebies, and then it's all premium. You have to pay. And I suggest that you do, because uh last week we went ten units over. It was a 17% return of interest, 10 unit to the good, and it was a great day. But Cincinnati covering right off the bat. And everyone's killing Mike Vrabel today and yesterday because of that two-point conversion that failed. That was a strange call. Did you agree
2: with that call? At the time, yeah. Okay. Uh, Has anybody watched the Tennessee game since Vrabel's been the coach? He does that. And he does it based on how he thinks the game's gone, which – May go against analytics, but he's got a pretty darn good record. Uh, I'm all for it. The number but one seed. I was extremely uh, pleased to see Cincinnati win.
1: Yeah, that was a, that's a good story right over there. Those kids are pretty humble at, in the Bengals camp, and I like that because Burrow, after the first after the wild card game. <laughs> He said, this is the standard now. This is our standard. Getting to the playoffs and beyond is now the standard. And the reason? Because it was pretty cool.
2: (laughs) You know, that kid got the holy tar beat out of him. I, I think they sacked him nine times. Yep.
1: Five times in the first half.
2: And he still performed as if he hadn't been sacked at all. Uh what a bunch of quarterbacks the NFL has to take it into the next generation. Yes. yeah, It's just amazing. And um, there there's a lot of uh I looked at the whole thing as uh positive. We were we were given great games by some great players and I lose a couple shekels, that's okay. That weekend of entertainment and diversion was worth it.
1: Oh, that defense for the Bengals, though. Three interceptions. And this Evan McPherson, you know, a lot of times they don't draft kickers. Because, you know, it's hard to really judge them based on what they've done in college. And a lot of them have been busts. This ain't one of them. He drilled it. I mean, and they say when he goes out on the field, they just put it in their pocket already. And that's a really cool thing. But the other thing that people are talking about with that Cincy game, Michael, is the uh, four o'clock management of the Titans, especially toward the end of the game. And, you know, I, you can talk about a lot of things, but I can tell you this. People who play Madden. Aren't better game managers than NFL (laughs) head coaches?
2: I was just about to say. Almost every NFL coach gets criticized for game management at some point or another during the season. Even Belichick. Um, It's easy when you're at home and you're listening to the announcers and you're getting your coffee or doing whatever it is you're doing to... Make decisions because you're not under any pressure whatsoever. It's a whole different ball game to be on the sideline of an of a NFL stadium. And sometimes these things work out, sometimes they don't. But that's part of the element of this game. Uh, I, th- I think the biggest rap against Mike McCarthy is his game management, right? And sometimes you you'd think he would learn. there's a point where it becomes something where you think, you know, you might want to work on that. Zimmer was not good at clock management. Uh, But I think you just nailed it. Just because you have mastered Madden with your thumbs doesn't, doesn't mean you know what you're doing in terms of real NFL football.
1: Well, it shouldn't. I mean, there's a big difference between actually playing. I see this in tennis all the time. Hey, why did he hit that drop shot? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't have done that. Well, you wouldn't have been able to be on the court, first of all. That's the first thing. Second of all, maybe that's what he thought he should do or she should do. You know, uh, you can second guess, folks, all you like. But it can't detract from the fact that Mike Vrabel dragged that team Derek Henryless into the playoffs, behind a great defense and a more than adequate offense in, without him, without Henry. And they have nothing to be ashamed of at all. And I think Mike Vrabel is probably going to be the coach of the year, and rightly so. I think that he's the best candidate we can find. He's done a great job. Bad luck in the playoffs. It happens. These things happen.
2: I watch Tennessee's games sometimes, and I go, that's not that good of a, of a team. Right? They end up being the number one seed, and I think you put it very well. He basically dragged them all the way into the playoffs, into the first seed. It's a great coaching job. Uh, I'll take him in a heartbeat.
1: Well, I don't think it, Tennessee's going to let him go. Unless they fired him while we're doing this pod. And I don't think they're going to. But it was a great game. Congratulations to Cincinnati. And congratulations to the Tennessee Titans for reaching the playoffs. For being the number one seed. And overcoming a lot of adversity this season. Things look good for them next year. And we move on to the Saturday night game that actually crushed me. I couldn't believe what I saw there. The 49ers beat the Packers, covered the spread, won the money line. That Robbie Gould, 20 for 20 in the postseason. Another kicker who they, when they trapes him out there, like Jimmy Garoppolo said in his press conference, we have 100% confidence in him no matter what the situation, and it was not a surprise to me. So how did you like that game?
2: It was weird to me. Yeah, to be honest. Uh, for for one thing, uh, artistically, it was really pretty to watch. the The snow coming down in Lambeau, uh, two old competitors. It was it was it was just a wonderful setting. But I kept watching that game right and every time Green Bay would get the ball, I'd go, "This is when Rogers takes over." And I said that. Uh, as they were <laughs> counting down the final seconds, and he never did do it, never never took over the game like I expected him to. Um, very odd sense there of especially if you're a Vikings fan, you just you know you know that Rogers can do miracles, and he kept waiting for him to do his thing, and he never did. He never did, and that is a huge game in terms of the future of that franchise. He may not be back. Uh, they've got big salary cap problems, and it's kind of like Rogers lost his mojo. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, in the off season, but. He looks kind of like the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos to me.
1: Ah, see, that's where I wanted to go. But first things first, though. The Green Bay Packers special teams has been awful. My- All season long, they got a punt blocked. They got a field goal blocked right at the half. What in the world happened to that football team? How do, well, you, not, how do you not fix that?
2: if you'd watched him earlier in the year, Mason Crosby was having all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. They were thinking about cutting him. Um, the question you just asked was mine. It's like, how do you not get this fixed? If Even if you have to change special teams coaches in the middle of the year, how do you not get this fixed? Well, what happens with these Uh, Teams that are really heavy at the top of the salary cap is they don't have any depth. And depth is is where lack of depth shows up at your special teams first. Because those are your second and third stringers out there. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have any depth, the quality of player you have at that level is not the same. Still, having said all that, There's no way you're that bad all year and don't do something about it. Um, So Matt LaFleur has that to answer for. I think he knows it too, based on that press conference.
1: Oh yeah, he knows the heat's coming. But San Francisco did a great job throughout the game. I thought it was over at halftime, honestly. Now Aaron Rodgers... I'm one of those guys who likes to see someone remain, especially a Hall of Fame type player, remain in the organization throughout his playing career. Now, we gave Tom Brady a pass because the Patriots really didn't offer him much. But Aaron Rodgers, it's a little different. He was a quarterback of their only Super Bowl in this last 14 years, right? How long has he been out there? A long time.
2: Yeah.
1: And... What do they do with him? Now I know that there's a salary cap issue there. How, how how do they keep Aaron Rodgers or do they even want to keep him?
2: I would think that depends on what you can get for him. I just I'm I'm wondering if they were watching that game, the the Green Bay Brass, and I'll bet you they were doing the same thing I was doing. Any second now. <laughs> this series is when Aaron takes over didn't happen sure did is he maybe the greatest quarterback uh, of this generation talent wise for sure but something was not right yesterday and he doesn't have the, the foot injury anymore to talk about yeah, I'm wondering if they would. What the future holds? Jordan Love didn't look uh, like a world beater when he was out there uh, earlier in the year, so it's it's going to be interesting. We'll see what he wants to do. Uh, I would think he'd find Denver quite attractive.
1: He could. He really could. I would think that not being teamed up with Devontae Adams would be disappointing for him. All season long, he talks about him, you know. And it's really nice because Devontae Adams has always looked up to Aaron Rodgers. And when he tweeted that out, you're the best player I've ever played with, that made him feel good because it's true. They have a a bond for years now, four or five seasons. Five seasons is it? Six? Whatever it is. And it's going to be difficult because what happens now? Jordan Love can't throw the ball to Devontae Adams. (laughs) He, he, He has a hard time taking a snap, for God's sakes. But at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting. Denver is one of those. What happens if he ends up in Minnesota?
2: Oh, happy day. Minnesota is not going to be the place where he lands because even when we did get Brett Favre, but it was by way of the New York Jets. Right. Uh, They're never going to work something out between those two teams uh, and have Rodgers come back and. And beat him. And, and Minnesota would be a great place for him with the weapons that Minnesota has. But it's mm-hmm. not going to happen that way. But the former uh, assistant general manager of the Vikings is now in Denver uh, with a nice little uh, running back and two, three good whiteouts um, that the quarterbacks they had weren't able to take advantage of. They've got some parts on defense that could be a hell of a division next year. That's going to be
1: a great division.
2: But, you know, and Rogers is weird. I mean, <laughs> let's get down to it. Right. He's an odd duck. He could retire. He could go do something else.
1: Broadcasting with Drew Brees.
2: He can't be any worse.
1: Right. I I, I try not to judge those guys too much, you know. It's not an easy job, but... It should be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. Now, I'm kind of leaning toward them finding a way to keep him in Green Bay. As long as they don't rebuild, they've got a shot at keeping him there. But if they rebuild, I don't think he wants any part of that. And I don't think he should want any part of that. Because he's going to get killed. His legacy is going to get tarnished. Because you know you're only as good as your last pass, right? Well, we'll have to wait and see, and we'll be talking about that all year because we're going to talk football every Monday, Michael and I, throughout the spring and summer and fall and get you ready for the 2022 season. How about that? Now, the Rams, Tampa Bay. I, I'll tell you what, I never count Tom Brady out, and I never bet against him in the playoffs, and, and I was very disappointed in how that ended. When you think about what Tampa Bay had to do to tie the game, did you enjoy that one?
2: Yes. Oh yes. Yes, I did because uh I I actually had a couple shekels on the rams.
1: There you go. Bang! Went against me. That's a smart move these days.
2: <laughs> Sometimes it was purely a gut thing. Sure. I get five, it. Five minutes before the game. What that game was was the coming out party for Matthew Stafford. I thought Stafford played really well. Yeah,
1: no interceptions. And I thought for sure that he would have one in a crucial moment that would cost them the game. But it didn't happen that
2: way. No, it didn't happen that way. Uh, He played really well. That team's just still kind of weird to me. Um, They make mistakes when they shouldn't. Um, but that was what I took out of it. It's like, congratulations, Matt. We knew you could do it and you went and you did it. Um, and Tom Brady was okay. Uh, but Brady in the first half was awful. 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 And Part of that seemed to be that he just doesn't trust anybody that he has there.
1: Except for Gronkowski.
2: Except for Gronk. Um, And, you know, I don't blame him uh, because the the kid out of uh, University of Minnesota, Tyler Johnson, he didn't do anything to impress. Uh, He should have started going to Scotty Miller earlier, I thought. Mm -hmm. But that might be Brady's last game.
1: You think so? I don't think he's going to retire. He led the league in touchdowns and passing yards and uh passing attempts. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But the question I had though, this is weird cuz on the last play of the on the second to last play of the game, Tampa Bay blitzed and not everyone got the memo, and only half of them did. And that led to that bomb to Cooper Cup which led to the field goal which led to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers departing the playoffs how do you have that kind of miscommunication at that level in that environment when your entire season is on the line and why did he even chase that blitz I don't understand why he did that
2: I don't either (laughs) (laughs) um If you watch the Rams games, it's like the only two consistent people they have to throw to are Cooper Cup over and over and over and over again. And Higby, the tight end, played great.
1: Yeah, he played great.
2: So at at the penultimate play of the season, why wouldn't you have double coverage on – Cooper Cup, of all people.
1: Yeah, you know why? Because they were checking uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who, at, when he was interviewed after the game, he was laughing, cause they, they said he didn't have the kind of game by his standards, and he said, "We won. I was the decoy tonight, and I like that. You know what? That means he he found his place where he can be a grown up for a while. You know, but he hasn't had a very good success with that." in his other two destinations and I wish him a lot of luck. But one thing that's concerning is they do play next Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. The blown lead okay it was to Brady. But four turnovers the Rams had and Stafford didn't have one. So what these guys need to put some velcro on their those gloves are sticky. And they're dropping balls and fumbleitis
2: Why? I don't know. What's going to be interesting is how all of this affects all of these guys that were um, looking for coaching jobs. Yeah. So Todd Bowles is a finalist for the Vikings job. After that call, do I want Todd Bowles? That Probably would be, not. I didn't want him in the first place. Um, Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator for the Bills, is has been mentioned for some jobs. Um, and Patrick Mahomes ate him up in the last two minutes. Sure did. Sure did. Uh, on the other side of it, D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator for uh, the 49ers comes out looking really good. Looking really good to me. Uh, It's interesting to see where these guys are going to end up and how much these games had an effect on how people look at them. Uh, The offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, Byron Leftwich, he's, he's up for a lot of these jobs. So, Todd Bowles didn't do himself any favors. Leslie Frazier didn't do himself any favors. D'Amico Ryans comes out looking pretty good.
1: Maybe so, yeah, maybe so. You know the Chiefs game? That was a boring game, wasn't it? <laughs> Probably the best game I've ever seen.
2: I was just, I, I, I as I told you before we started the show, <clears throat> you look at the, that that game and it's like the NFL is just set up for years to come because of how good these quarterbacks are. And everything I, I had questions about Josh Allen, boy, he answered them all. Uh, I remember talking early in the years. People were saying that Patrick Holmes had, Mahomes had regressed. I, I guess we can smoke that now. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You know, just an awesome game. Awesome game.
1: Awesome game. Four straight AFC final for the Chiefs. Um, Three lead changes in the last two minutes. And the one thing I I discovered, and and this is another thing, you know, you bring that up. People were talking about Patrick Mahomes. He might have lost it. We never said that. We didn't bite into that. We've always been a wait-and-see type. And, you know, they are pretty explosive, that offense. But my word, what we saw yesterday was breathtaking. I mean, it is just an amazing, amazing opportunity the NFL had this weekend, and they nailed it. These eight teams came out and played football. Okay, there was a little bit of this and that, but they played football, and they entertained. Every game was close. And it was fun to watch, but this Gabriel Davis stole the damn show. Four TDs, two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game, and wow, they gave that gave that loss gave the Bills their ninth straight away playoff loss.
2: That is nuts. They they were so close though. So. And when when you get beat by. Greatness. And that's what happened to them. Uh, on, on that day, in that place, Patrick Mahomes was a little bit better than Josh Allen. Right. The Chiefs were a little bit better than Buffalo. But we're talking the thinnest of margins. And I, I'm, I, if I were a fan of any one of these teams, I would be uh extremely happy and extremely excited for what's coming next year because they all have a future
1: they do you know what in buffalo forget about it they played great but they didn't lose because of a coin flip they lost because their defense did not hold mahomes in check stop it i used to love the sudden death overtime I wish they would return to it. I don't want to see an extra fifteen minutes of football that could end in a tie. I don't want—not in the playoffs, obviously—but I don't want to see any of that changed. I really don't. You know what? You've got your opportunity. Go take care of your business. And you know what? They were unlucky, unable to do it, and that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But you know what? I—if it were me, and I'm in the, in the Bills front office coaching playing whatever i'm gonna use that for motivation you know we lost a game we shouldn't have lost and now we have to find out why we lost that game and go take care of business next year and make sure that doesn't happen again and i kind of feel like that team has the type of personnel front office and otherwise to get that job done that Josh Allen really impressed me yesterday
2: yeah I mean it reminds me again because I'm old of the 70s when you had like four great teams that were always going at it Mm -hmm. and in the uh, NFC uh, back in the day was always Minnesota the Rams and Dallas right and Minnesota ended up winning most of those playoff games. But there was always this chance that any one of these teams could come out of it and uh, go to the Super Bowl. They didn't usually do real well when they got there, (laughs) but there was always that chance because you had uh, great teams, great quarterbacks, and great coaches. And that carried the NFL for about 10 years. And this is what we're looking at now. Um, I, be- I can't wait to see what the ratings were because I'm a, a jackass. And all of these people that said a couple of years ago that they'd given up football for political reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think those people ever watch football because if you look at the numbers, the NFL's never been more popular. And yesterday just sealed the deal for the league. It's just an incredible weekend of football. Good for all of us that are sports fans. Big positives from yesterday, in my opinion.
1: Oh, big positives. No negatives, really. Okay, there were a couple iffy calls, but that's going to happen. You know, there. Uh, but there weren't any bench-clearing brawls. And uh, nobody died on the field. And the fans... <laughs> If you bought a ticket to that game, any one of those four games you got your money's worth and then some. But I, the, when we go back to those overtimes I still remember Eddie Payton in a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against my Lions. He was playing I think for the Bears at the time with his with his brother Walter. And yep. And I'll tell you what, I I am a Lions fan. But I, I didn't care. That was exciting. That was a great way to end that. It was a disappointing end for a Lions fan. And for the Lions team who were in there all the way, I guess a much better Chicago Bears team. But I appreciate that sudden death overtime more than most, I guess. I like to see an outcome and I like to see a decisive outcome. And nothing more decisive than a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Even when it's against your team, but then I guess I think a little different than most. Now, we've got two great games. I think they're going to be crackers. At least the one will. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not going to make any picks here, but the Chiefs are a seven-point favorite, and the number is 53-and-a-half. And I think the Bengals are going to come away with this one. Oh, wow. Right now, I do. Sure. I said, think. I didn't say I will. I think right now that they can do that. Because Kansas City is going to be emotionally drained after that game. Because how couldn't you be? I mean, I get it. You know, the guys who play Madden, they don't get so drained, but then they're sitting on a couch probably playing. It's yeah. a little different. Right. And that's not a knock against you, Madden players, by the way. But you all need to cool your jets when you think you can do a better job than an NFL head coach who's at the elite level of coaching, no matter if you agree or disagree.
2: Cincinnati beat him once this year. Yep. And they beat him when there was stuff on the line to play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was at home. Arrowhead is worth three points all by itself. I would think so. It's, I I can see it happening, but I I don't think I'm ready to to pull that trigger yet.
1: Okay, well, I'm not going to pull the trigger yet, but at the end of the day, I like what the Cincinnati team has done, and I know that this is a much different Kansas City Chiefs team. But look, that team, that Bengals team has some real weapons. And I know the Bills do too. But I think, now I can't be sure of this, but I happen to think that the Denver, or I'm sorry, the the Cincinnati defenders aren't too shabby. And I don't think they were tested the way the Bills were. And I think, truthfully, and what the Bills did to the Chiefs defense, I think they're going to be gassed for a month. And I think it's going to come down to a field goal. And that will get me the seven points. It's possible. Could be. Now, the, you- other, the other one I'm not looking for, so forward to. I'll be in Vegas for those games. The Rams 49ers, this is what? 3.0? Uh, third time they've met? Yes, the 49ers are a three point underdog, and the total is forty six and a half. That's a low number
2: that's about right
1: actually I think so. yeah, okay, that might be right, yeah, that could be
2: so you know who who really doesn't get talked about enough? He gets talked about a lot, but not enough. Aaron Donald.
1: Oh, is he good?
2: Aaron Donald is just the best player in the league. He's just amazing. And that might be the difference. Um, I'm pretty impressed with with LA's front four. Garoppolo... (laughs) bless his heart when he can avoid when someone drops his mistakes he's a good leader um lots of talent it's it's going to be a heck of a game but i'm leaning on aaron donald
1: that's a good person to lean on
2: and your boy matthew
1: oh yeah i was pretty happy for him i was disappointed because i went against him but then, as you know, I've been doing that for four or five weeks now. I just don't trust him with the turnovers, but he wasn't the one making them. And that makes me nervous because the 49ers do have a very opportunistic defense. And those turnovers, well, we saw what they do with turnovers. They turn them into points. And that could be interesting. It's going to be in Los Angeles. The 46, This probably will end up like 13-10 to 10 maybe. Yep. Because, because they played each other. This will be the third time. You know, you're probably going to see a little bit of uh, kerfuffles, if you will, in this one. They don't like each other much. And why should they? They've stood in each other's way for years. And years and years. It, it, it depends on which Rams franchise we're talking about. Because I think this is like version 4.0 yeah. of, of that team. Something like that. At least, but you know, one of my favorite things when I was a kid, when my grandfather took me to a game, he always let me a pro game. He always let me, like in a baseball game, he let me get a helmet, one of those plastic helmets. But back then, they made them nicer, or a hat or something. And in the football games, the same way, when we would go watch the Lions play, and the first thing I did, I because I was a big fan of Roman Gabriel. Do you remember him? Of course I remember him You you and I are probably the only ones here Involved in this podcast that do
2: I remember Carl Eller Planting Roman Gabriel
1: Oh yeah That was an ugly hit man But it was awesome it was legal and it was great But I got a hat A Los Angeles Rams Adjustable hat They didn't sell the other ones at that time And the reason I got it Was because of Roman Gabriel I saw him on an interview, and I said, man, that dude is very smart, and he's very good, and I can't believe they hoot on him because of the color of his skin. And I didn't like that. So I always became a fan of his. And I think I chose a good person to be a fan of because he turned out okay,
2: right? Roman Gabriel? Yeah. Yeah, He was a good quarterback, big guy for the time. Um, I can even tell you... His, uh, main wide receiver was a guy named Jack Snow. Jack Uh, Snow, that's right. That, that was a rough, tough football team, uh, mainly known for their defense. Guy named Merlin Olson. Yeah, Merlin Olson. And Deacon Jones on the end. Yep. And, uh, Minnesota games were always a hoot because, uh, Tarkenton always beat the Rams.
1: And John Capaletti was in the backfield, remember?
2: That was after Gabriel.
1: Okay, after Gabriel. Okay. You know what? I still remember when John Capaletti won the Heisman. And the next year he went to, that's right, that was 1975 or 76?
2: Yep. Yeah. Capaletti came out and won the Heisman. And then he kind of played, um, he was a backup for the Rams, because mm-hmm. the Rams had a running back named Lawrence McCutcheon.
1: That's right, Lawrence McCutcheon. That's right.
2: Who was an excellent running back. And uh, some 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 great battles with those teams. And they went from Roman Gabriel to John Hadle for a while.
1: Yep, John Hadle. I remember John Hadle.
2: <laughs> uh, they had a couple more. Pat Hayden.
1: Yep, Pat Hayden, who became a, a congressman, right?
2: I believe so. He was a he actually became an announcer first, and was really good at it. Um, and then I think he and then I think he's the ad. He was the ad at USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, it, you know, the Rams are a team with a lot of history that seems to uh, have been forgotten. It's so kind of weird to me. Minnesota is very. Um, supportive of old greats okay there's a ring of honor and carl eller and jim marshall and alan page fran tarkenton and chuck Foreman are all in it they don't the rams don't talk about their tradition much and i don't like that
1: that's because they're not sure which team they're talking about
2: yeah and i i think when most people think about the rams these days the first version they think of is the kurt warner St. Louis Ram Right.
1: Version. Who became... Didn't they become the Arizona Cardinals?
2: Well, no. He went to the Arizona Cardinals, but right. St. Louis Rams moved to L.A.
1: Right, that's right. Okay, yeah. I lost track of that, yeah.
2: Um, but part of what used to fuel fandom was the great traditions of these teams, and they should uh, celebrate their history. And uh, the Rams were always... Always just kind of like the bridesmaid in the uh, NFL, in the NFC. So there you have your history lesson for the day.
1: And I needed that, too. I appreciate it. Great stuff today, man. Well done.
2: (laughs) Well, I haven't had my second cup of coffee yet, so I'm still living in 1976 when things were good. All Right.
1: (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. You can find Michael over at Phoenix Preacher on Twitter. And if you're so inclined... Head on over to his website, phoenixpreacher.net, and that's going to wrap it up for today's show. PlayUp.com presents this show, and we are thrilled that they do. Head on over to PlayUp.com, PlayUp Sportsbook, sign up for an account, and find out why PlayUp is always your best bet. All picks made on the Phil Nation Show are tracked at betstamp.app. We've done really well for ourselves. Our guests are crushing it. We also include in that our partnership with the Wolf Line website, and we produce the newsletter. And as you can see, we are crushing everything, and we're thrilled to do that. You can find the Wolf Line newsletter at betstamp.app. At That's where you can sign up for it. And it's hosted at cashwithflash.com. Until next time, you all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you,
0: my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at CashWithFlash and like our Facebook show page.